now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into the drive here on 93. Nine the bill. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. It's a Wednesday. Wednesday. God. You right over there? Fumbling on Wednesday. Come with me. I don't know. Gonna get better. Gonna keep fighting. You could probably pod that song down just a little bit. There he is. There's Tanner. He's learning. (laughs) No, I just your mic sounded weird at first. I didn't know what mic you were on at first. Second, so that's why I was. It's always the. It's always an adventure in here. We got mic confusion in the 93.9 studio, and here we We are, nonetheless. We'll see if I can pronounce uh, Wednesday and the rest of the words I intend to use correctly. Uh, don't I don't like my chances here. Nope. I don't like anybody's chances. With I'm, that ba- I'm fading you, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> you taking the under? <laughs> I'm, I'm fading in us today. I guess it'd be over on airs, wouldn't it? <laughs> Messed up the gambling joke too. That's yeah, see. I mean, it's a false start in every way. <laughs> we got to do that thing, like when you play, like you know, the coach can make everybody go back into the huddle. That's right. <laughs> Come back out and do it again. Do it again. Go back. Right. Break that huddle again and break it right. Oh, <sighs> God, we did that. So I remember much. that. There's, Hustle to the line! And there's nothing worse than when you know, like, this is perfunctory. Like, this this is... You're trying to send a message here. We didn't do anything wrong. Like, all right, coach. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> Thanks, down. man. Settle down. Appreciate that, coach. I bet that's going to be the difference between winning and losing. Maybe it was. You're trying to say that Kenny should try that? <sighs> I don't have any more suggestions. Louisville uh, should huddle up. It <laughs> messed Alabama up. for Michigan, right? That's exactly. right. That's <laughs> you do like if they just come down the floor as soon as they cross midcourt they huddle up with the, with the basketball like 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 the mighty ducks you know like a <laughs> flying v yes yes <laughs> run the flying l there's too many jokes built in there i know there is that's when having like being a the l being our identity really backfires on us when you're losing a lot you double just, entendre you're like great. good like, you know what? Maybe we should put that away for a little while. <laughs> all right, fine. No more flying L jokes. Nah, you can do what you want. We're all getting through this in our own way. So earlier today... Me, it's food. You know, it's... You're eating your feelings? Yeah, that's usually how I, how I go. No judgment here, buddy. Yeah. Earlier uh, today, I know you and I uh, feel the same way about this, that we're somewhat resentful of the fact that our sports year is supposed to have a little bit of a rhythm to it. Sure. And that we can, we know what summer radio is like and the, the degree to which you have to work. And we also know this should not be the time of year in which we're having to engage in that. And that we're somewhat resentful of the fact that we, we love the weeds, not weed. We love the weeds. We love Mark that, that sort of thing. <laughs> Not judging, I'm just saying that's not what I meant. Like we we love the weeds and, and to get into every little facet of everything. And that on some level they've like the things being so incredibly bad basketball wise, uh it feel it almost feels like if we were to do that and if we do too much of that, that it's misdirection. Like that's that's how bad things 
feel right now that if somebody really just writes or talks about the basketball part of things, it feels like they're really trying to not talk about something else. Talk about Eric? Well, <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the sad part is that it's not even the, it's almost pointless to talk about the basketball anymore. Like, that's, I hate that I, that we're saying that, but that's what it sounds like. Because as soon as you start talking about it, they're like, well, I mean, so it's too late for all right? that. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, it's, it's preposterous. You can't do that. It's not going to change. And while I actually, I agree, <laughs> that's the part about it that sucks is that, like, while I'm reading Eric's article, and I know, I know, like, I think Eric's been as, as, fair and balanced as anybody and but like this is him trying to talk about it in a basketball fashion and his in his uh calm today you know and he and the title was gripping as the title's supposed to be embrace the suck you know and people kind of misunderstood that and then when you read it my reaction was like i agree with all this but these are all things that are like 101 stuff Okay, so that should have been done last year. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to start with this article from Mayor Crawford today and then some of the interactions that some folks had with him on social media because I felt like I saw his frustration level with the same thing you and I are talking yeah. about, which is I want to write about the sport. I want to write about or in our case I want to talk about the team and it they are so far from what they ought to be that it makes me start to look like it, I'm misdirecting. I'm trying to distract from from the real conversation, which is very, very bottom line. Which is not what Eric's been doing right. at all. He's been very, I think he's, it should tell you a lot, a couple things should tell you. Like one, Eric is, Crawford has been very, he's been critical this year. Sure. Uh, while being fair, but he's been critical, just like the rest of us. Um He's very aware of where they are. He he has not been, you know, uh, uh, overly protective of Kenny Payne at all. No, like even just even if he works with with Rick Bose, it doesn't mean they're they have, they're of the same mind. You no. know, right. Um, right? And I think that he has been he has had the right tenor this entire time. The fact that he's getting frustrated right now because he is not just with the product, but with the, the way people are consuming articles and stuff like he's just like dude have you read it like the last three articles he's written he's he's responded to the first people that just like respond to him and he's like i don't think he read the article yeah and i think that's where his frustration is where he tries to write about this stuff and people are just like ah forget it which is kind of what happens whenever we talk about basketball in the first three texts like forget it it's over he's done yeah like why are we even talking about this and i get that frustration because i'm reading eric's article and i have like it's really well written and you know I have a ton of respect for him, and I'm sitting here reading it, trying to consume it normally like I should, and I run into the f- the first thing, and I'm like, I've been saying that for 18 months. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I run into the second one and go, well, I've been saying that for 18 months. It's not going to happen. And so, like, that's that's the problem with this. And I think he knows it, too. So, I, so he, he tried to write an article today. Like, let's just say you are Kenny Payne, which I am not. But let's just say you are, and you're Prove still it. the coach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although, hey, it is true. We've never been seen in the same room together. <laughs> hi All right. Hey, anyway. got one. Uh, 
it's a thought experiment on his part. If you're Kenny, what in the world could you do right now that doesn't shy away from the fact that it sucks? Like things suck right now. And he does reference the uh the the rhetorical flourish there, like embrace the suck. It's a saying. It's not not very different from Jocko's thing where it's like good. Like it, that's his thing. It's like yeah. whatever happens, good. Whatever it is, it's supposed to happen, deal with it. Good. Fix it. Whatever it is. It's, it's a similar thing. But I think what he was trying to call attention to is it's not just the fact that Louisville is losing games. Let me give you two recent examples of hanging around other teams who lost games and even that losing is superior to what's happening here. And I I was shocked by the number of people who read that and read this article and thought that it was in some way uh, an an excuse for anything or or that it was uh, a, a blaming of fans or a blaming of Chris Mack. Uh, you, listen, Eric is, is always going to be, I think, maximally fair, which is I, I try to be, and I think he does a better job even uh, than I do for sure uh, about that. And look, he gave Kenny like the maximum amount of indulgence for things that preceded him and uh, the maximum amount of leeway understanding all all of the whatever you want to list as things that were hurdles for him to have to overcome for this to be successful i'll give you all of them it stinks he essentially the valvano he will grant grant you your argument precisely 100 percent. yes uh and then Compared the fact that in watching Bellerman lose, as they are very shorthanded, which, yeah. is, which is relevant because Louisville is now shorthanded. He played uh, with six players the other night. Right. Yeah. And then watching Missouri lose to Kentucky, that in the life cycle of a, of a program trying to rebound or recover or whatever, dig out, whatever's going on, there is there are those in-between in stages where things are bad, but they're only temporary. They... They're on the way to something else. And, you know, Missouri had a nice turnaround year one yeah. uh, with Gates. And he, the point of bringing up both of those teams is they're they're not in great places right now. But they are maximizing. They're doing every single thing they can in those stages. And the, the point of bringing all that up is to say that it's not merely that Louisville has a bad record. Right. Louisville's bad with a bad record. This is not even the best version of what they could be, even if I grant you every single possible limitation you want to have. Yeah. They're not even that. Which was a good, like, it reminds, you know what it reminds me of? There's the the great movie where Gary Oldman plays Churchill. And it just watched it. Oh, it's a wonderful movie. There's uh, a line in there where he says, Darkest Hour. Yes. He's, he's talking about should we negotiate with Germany? Yeah. In World War II. With Hitler. Yeah. Any base well, I didn't want to say Hitler. It's honestly. Just you can say it. It's well, this is historical film. Right. All right. So he's but he says basically like we're not doing that. It's better for us to just lose because nations that go down fighting yeah. eventually come back. And I think the really the the real point of this is you're not even going down fighting. Bellerman's going down fighting. Right. Missouri went down to Kentucky fighting. 
so all the way to the very end and louisville does not do that and i was just surprised by the number of people who read that article and took anything other than that away from it i don't know how you can't read it as a scathing indictment honestly without being unfair i think that's what it was in those first couple like he was trying to articulate what is the most upsetting part about this it's not just purely the record because the record is very disturbing but that was kind of our point about last year when whenever when Kenny wanted to write that year off essentially and his most ardent supporters basically said well what could he possibly have done that's what you could have done like that's what we we've seen bad teams in Louisville before we've seen them in recent years and in, in years past we've seen bad teams here and it's not just that you're not winning games it's that it doesn't look like there's we're going anywhere this culture that everybody talks about there is none you know, there's no uh, touchstones that they go back to. You know, and that's basically what he's describing with Bellarmine and, and Missouri, teams that are struggling here and there. But they're all rowing in the same direction, you know, which I don't think we can say for sure with this team. Uh, there's there's a certain feeling about it. Like, we, we talked about, like, like, it's not just that last year was bad. It's that it was the worst season we've ever seen, and it didn't look like there was many, there was no progress made through that entire season. It didn't look like they were fighting tooth and nail. Right now, it doesn't look like Kenny's fighting tooth and nail for this. And that the players, whether they say, whatever they say doesn't matter. It's what they do on the court. And we we said it plenty of times that I think this group plays hard for the most part, but I've, I've felt it in my own life where, you know, if you don't know, there's times in my life where I haven't known what I'm doing, so it's like all the effort in the world doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, don't, I don't have the requisite information right. or training. It doesn't matter how hard I'm doing a job. It doesn't I matter do how much... twice as hard as I am now. I still don't still know what I'm doing. The right. results just aren't going to be there, and that's sometimes, that's usually what I feel about our team, where it's like, man, they just don't have the they just don't have the goods. Like they, they don't. They haven't been coached properly. They haven't been equipped for success. You know, and that's that's what it feels like. And and there's losing, like Eric's. There's losing, and then there's losing. And this is the this is the latter. And then I, I look. I, I think Eric goes on to list some concrete things. Well, it starts like all losing isn't equal, and that I think is where some people got there hackles up a little bit yeah as if there was a he was about to offer an excuse you know give some sort of a pass for the way louisville's losing when i think if you read without your defenses up uh sometimes i think eric crawford suffers a little bit from people thinking he's rick bosich (laughs) like like you know and assuming that there's it happens here People assume that everybody under one roof thinks exactly the same way yeah. or that it's like dictated down from on high. And it's just, it's just, it's not that way. No. At, at, uh, WDW, I mean, Tyler couldn't tell them what to write if he wanted to, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think he prefers it that way. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just cause he's he, like, you have a boss in a room and you work for an organization doesn't mean they're going to dictate what you say and and i think that, that that people get that idea and it's it's i don't know if they're just used to like the way uh political coverage works and stuff like that where everybody always has to be coming from somewhere yeah or, or there's got to be some line that you're 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 telling it just doesn't work that way um 
in sports media, at least not when it's done right. And and I, the more you read, Eric's like the, the, I thought that nothing there was friendly to Kenny Payne if you read the article. Yeah, I, I, you know, like yeah. it really wasn't. And I wanted to read this this sure, paragraph because this when I read this, I just want you to ask yourself: is is like do I do we see things like this here? Yeah. He says, "What struck me about Missouri uh, is this: they did everything they could to junk up that game. They lost to Kentucky. They were unorthodox in their zone. They jammed Kentucky up. Their execution wasn't always first team, but their comportment and demeanor." were they were together this is the team that has lost five of six but they were engaged the bench chanted kill zone when the team had back-to-back stops it chanted double kill zone when it had more than three the second year coach dennis gates was in full command of that group yeah they still lost the game but you knew they'd been there so what do you think what word do you think jumped out to me when i read it junk Command, because well, we've been talking about right, it so much. Right. But yeah, like that's that's what bothered me about. Because he, then he went into like the four things he would do to fix it, or the things that that he would focus on if he were in that position. It's not like overly complicated how to. If you think there's this talent disparity between you and the team they're playing, and there is with us in some some teams, but there isn't with us in others. How do you equalize that game? How do you how do you how do you uh, uh, mitigate those those things that can hurt you so much? And most coaches have that bag of tricks, you know. Where man, we're throwing a junk defense at them every once, so we're changing. You know, we're going to go from a, a two three zone to a, a, if you know to man to man to a, a zone with man to man principles. You know, maybe we'll we're going to trap them in the half court. You know, every once in a while. We'll, uh, Surprise them, you know. Try to generate turnovers that you're not getting out of just playing the same defense every time you go down the court. Um, well, he blew up blue blast again. Oh no! And try again. <laughs> like that's it's. There are a lot of ways you can you can confuse teams and 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 at least make it harder on them, you know. And and it doesn't. Again, I'll go back to what we said a, a bunch. It just doesn't look like a a staff that's throwing the book at this, you know. And like the four things that he talked about were the four, like I thought this even like kind of brought it into sharper focus, like how much of a remedial. Exactly. Thank you. That's the word. There's things that he brings up that, that Louisville could do to look more like Missouri or Bellarmine who were noble in defeat, uh, you know, gave everything that they had and they, they don't have enough are hilariously remedial yes Go ahead. so the first one was put teeth into the defense which we were just getting into uh and he talked about the kind of lack of defensive principles that we've seen the last two years anyway second impose discipline on offense like these are such broad ideas that it's hard you know like things that we've been yelling about for for basically since the first time his teams have stepped since on the Lenoir court run. yeah 15 16 months Three, use the bench like as a tool, which we've said a thousand times. Everybody has. It's infuriating to see how many times you can you can make a fatal mistake that's inexcusable, and there's no real time you know consequences for that. And four was clean up the body language. And I'm reading this going, this is like the easiest 
And I think that was the kind of point almost. But it's just the the simplest stuff that we're not the boxes we aren't checking. And I, I think it kind of brings into focus where we're all at right now and why the fan base is there. It's been a certain it's been a certain type of losing. And there's a certain feeling around this that doesn't give you hope. It doesn't make you look forward to the future here. Makes you think there isn't one. Yeah, these things these are things that he's calling for as prescriptions. Like this needs to happen in order for this losing to feel like it's it's going to result in something better in the long term. That it, it's it these are character building times, but you can see where it's going once they have more of other things or once they're for, you know far enough removed from whatever the problems might have been in the past that these things will pay better and bigger dividends in the future. But the four things you just named are four things literally any coach in the country should be able to do. Like and, the four things on the board, like when you first walk in, the first day of practice, really. Like these are our core principles or these are the things that will never be a problem here. You know, and then we're talking about them like 16 months later. They're the, the most basic of things. Uh, and and none of them are complex. None of those things are mysterious. And really, none of them are even something that you have to do gradually. You either do it or you don't. That's it. And you, if you're the coach, you either make them do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And he don't. Far too often, he doesn't insist on anything. And I think he blinked in the postgame after the pit game when he basically just told us, I think he thinks his job ends at telling. He thinks he's he's a teller. He's going to tell him again, though. That's well, And that's what he said. Yeah. I'm going to tell him again. Like, All right, man. Don't be surprised if it doesn't work the next time either. Well, you got to change it up. You got more. Well, I, I think he thinks his job ends right there. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say something else. No, I was too. But then I realized it was just going to be the same thing again. So that's where my brain is, unfortunately. And I'm not really looking forward to this next stretch of games because we're playing the best of the ACC coming up, pretty much. It's early in the season, but I mean, NC State looks great. You know, North Carolina, Miami. Tonight. So I sat down and watched the condensed, great. the condensed version of Georgia Tech and Notre Dame basketball. It wasn't too terribly long, and I just wanted to see, for comparison's sake, this is two the two other first-year yeah. head coaches yeah. in the ACC at teams that are viewed as either somewhat analogous to Louisville in terms of talent and roster and all that sort of thing, uh, and it it's just night and day. And neither one of those teams is any good. They're not. They're not, no. But what they're doing uh, is, like, you can see when they've got better, more capable guys and more of them, the same thing's going to result in so much better results. And when you watch Louisville play, you just, more than anything, I think what Eric was kind of doing here is trying to just write a document that lays out, like, what will ultimately be the case against Kenny at the end of the year. Here are 
basic things. And here are basic places that we see those things happening. They've not happened with you. Like this is, if anything, it was an indictment. That's what I said. Like it, it, nothing, it didn't feel like any part of that was really, it wasn't unfair, but it wasn't, it was definitely not a support. That's why I didn't understand some of the responses. It's like, did it? This is not a sympathetic view of this tenure. It was a scathing indictment, you know, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's like the, these, these are teams that are struggling that you could say, I mean, and first of all, how comfortable are you really with being compared to Bellarmine? But that's that's a local team to look at, you know, that's dealing with injury issues, and this is how they approach it. It's how they approach the game. This is how Coach Davenport approaches the the job. You know, this is uh, this is how Missouri looks. You know, in second year head coach, this is how they how they look playing at an opponent that's better than them. But they didn't. Kentucky wasn't comfortable until maybe the last three or four minutes of that game. Like, they kept cutting it to eight, cutting it to seven, you know, and, and Kentucky would stretch it back out, and then Missouri would come back. Until finally they pushed it out to 11 or 13, and they kept it there. But we don't make teams uncomfortable. I mean, did you see any of the Duke-Pitt game? Yeah. You only needed to see the first 12 minutes, yeah. really the first four minutes. They, they got a 20-point lead in the first couple of segments of the game, and they just sat on it. And that's against a team that, we couldn't really hang with. And that's that's what we're looking forward to is the top. The ACC is not even just as good as it could be. Certainly not any kind of murderer's row. No. Right. But the top four or five teams in the ACC are so much better than the ones that we've played already. It's going to be rough, man. And we're, we're about to play them all. That's part of the reason why I still don't think he's getting out of January because it's going to be really ugly the next couple of weeks. Really ugly. Well, I mean, you're you're really out. Like, we can't keep saying, "Okay, are you going to start moving this thing along here at some point?" Like we, and that's pathetic for us to be in mid January asking, "Like, when's the improvement going to start?" Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think some of the value in what Eric wrote is the next guy's going to go through these stages too. And kind of priming the pump for, this is what we should be looking for from the next guy. And a good example of, I think, the things we're talking about. You remember, we all think about that game, uh, Chris Mack's first year against Duke with Zion and, you know, R.J. Barrett and that team. Oh, yeah. And they draw, you know, they have the huge lead and they blow it. And that's, it stings and it stunk. But like a team with Christian Cunningham and Quan Four, who like Louisville played a whole season knowing we should never let him shoot the ball. A blocking tight end as a shooting guard. But you know what? Like, they were that shorthanded. They got, this is the roster we have. How can we, to use Eric's phrase, junk up every single game we play and win games? And that's exactly won enough to get in the tournament. It ended with a, a whimper. I get it. But, like, that team was, a Koi Gal was, a, like, a big part of, well, a part of what they did. But you know what I mean? Like, they needed him. Yeah. And yet, that was a tournament team. This team has more talent than that team had. I just, uh, Quan Four and Akoya Gal just catching strays in the first uh, first segment today. Didn't have that on the bingo and card. And the Hitler reference. And All it. in the first segment. We're killing it today. <laughs> but the reason why I wasn't afraid about saying because it wasn't comparative to anybody, okay? That's I why know, you can say that. All right? That's but, like, why. that team had Duke down by a lot, 
and almost won that game, should have won that game, and had no business winning that game. But they had an identity. Yeah. And th- there were standards that were enforced, you know, and that sort of thing. And I, I think we all kind of had the feeling it wasn't – didn't love the way it ended, but it largely, like, he squeezed about all there kind of was to get out of that team. Yeah. And we've just not had that feeling a single time. No. 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 And I think it's it's one of those situations where you, you somebody tells you over and over and again who they are, you know, and, and, and yeah. as a coach, I'm not saying as a person, but he's telling you over and over again what he is as a coach. And it's not good, and it's not something that I'm confident will ever change. Because he – he has shown himself to be stubborn, which is the worst thing you can be when you are learning a job. Meanwhile, Louisville fouled the three-point shooters three times. Three times. It is thoroughly disheartening to lose to Pitt and then have them lose by twenty, or lose to Virginia. They could have lost by and 40, have them lose dude. by twenty. Like it wasn't like they. That game was over in the first six minutes. You know, it felt like Duke just but cruised to Duke the end. Did to Pitt what teams have done. To Louisville. Yeah. We're going to build this big lead, and then we're just going to dance yeah. until the clock's out. That's right. It's never going to be in danger. You're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to get anywhere because we won the game five minutes. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's man. hope that that does not happen tonight against Miami. No. Uh, that guy, yeah. Let's hope. But that's it. Well. Let's hope. <laughs> we have to train ourselves, I think, at this point. Hope is more informed. Like, they're... Re- there's reasons for it. It's let's wish. Wish. Yeah. That's what we're doing. We're wishing. We're yep. just literally just wishing for it to be different than it is. We'll take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. We'll open up the phones. Let you guys sound off here on this one. Did want to remind everybody, it is a Louisville game day. We'll be out five thirty mm. uh, or so uh, to turn you over to network pregame coverage uh, of folks we are very jealous of down in Miami uh, for Louisville and must Miami be nice tonight. So be right back here on the drive when I turn the bell. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. Phone lines, they are open. 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. On a Louisville basketball game to at Miami, uh, I think everyone equally sort of dreading uh, this one. Looking at the numbers, uh, Ken Palm predicts that they lose by 17. Cool, man. <laughs> Se- Lord, a 7% chance uh, to win. Uh, I did want to note, not 
I, I take no delight in this, but after yesterday, remember I, I said I watched uh, Notre Dame Georgia Tech, and hey, the, Notre Dame seems to be rounding into a little bit of shape here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Palm now officially predicts Louisville loses every game the rest of the year. <sighs> used to have one. Used to have the one win against Notre Dame on the schedule that's left uh, by one point at home. It is now uh, official. Ken Palm's graphic uh, or Ken Palm's numbers project that Louisville will lose the rest of the games for the rest of the season. And Dave, it's not like any of us, I think, can really take offense at this point. No. Why would you? Who would you uh, predict for us to beat? You know, there is none. I'm not saying we won't win a game or two, but it's not. There's no logical reason to think that for anybody who's a third party observer to think that we would win any of these games. And any computer models. I mean, we're the 263rd ranked team in the net around there and the other rankings. It just doesn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. Like two weeks ago, I thought maybe the Notre Dame, we could maybe squeak out a win there. But I, ever since that angry interview or press conference with Shrewsbury, he's been leading that team into some good victories, especially yeah. last night against Georgia Tech. See how Imagine upset he that. got in his first year? Oh, and, right. Instead of making excuses. He's trying to say he didn't love them. He didn't love on those guys? Yeah. Man, so I. by the way, before those we get... Those guys healed a lot faster than ours. Right, right, right. It's a... Uh, not to completely change the subject, but how surprised were you that Pete Carroll was out as the uh, head coach of the Seahawks as of today? Okay, so just full disclosure. I saw the report. Hey, Keith. Uh, Keith. Pete Carroll. Keith Carroll. Sure. I don't not? know about Keith Carroll. He might be fine. I don't know. Sorry, Keith. Yeah. Uh, Pete Carroll. The first thing I thought when I saw the reports is like, that man looks amazing for 72. It's unreal. Holy cow. I think you forget looks, how old he, he is. He looks unbelievably good. He looks younger than me. But it, we forget how old he is because he looks fantastic. It's got to be the bubblegum. It's right? unbelievable. Yeah. Just, you know, life giving force of the bubblegum. <laughs> He's just. He's probably like a vegan or something. It was a, it was a surprise. I think the NFL is always good for one. Yeah, that's and that's usually what that's how we addressed Black Monday, which was relatively quiet this year because there were three coaches fired before the end of the year. You know, Raiders, Panthers, Chargers were all open before the end of the season, uh, and then we got the Arthur Smith Falcons firing, which wasn't unexpected. Yeah, Ron Rivera that wasn't really unexpected with the, the Commanders either. Uh, this is the one. That I don't think anybody saw coming. Now this is more. I feel like it sounds amicable. It sounds that they're like they're moving Pete maybe into a front office position or or, or something. Not saying it was his idea. Just saying that they had conversations. Did you see? We had thoughtful conversations. That was oh. how they started. Thoughtful conversations. Like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> oh, thoughtful conversations, and they were announcing that Pete Carroll was going to evolve. Yeah, in his role. I was like, with what the is Seahawks, going on here? Is, I tweeted like conscious. Remember when uh, Gwyneth Paltrow conscious and Nicole played conscious uh. uncoupling? Like that's what that reminded me of. Like <laughs> he's going to evolve. Sometimes I wonder because I think Gwyneth Paltrow gets a little plane. too much heat uh, as an actress. I think she's fine. Like not great, but whatever. But it's because everybody can't stand her <laughs> off screen with her goop and her yeah. conscious uncoupling. It's like you've done a lot. She's over the, the box in seven. Just, yeah, that's that's everybody's. That's my buddy Michael's like favorite joke. Like he was her best acting job was as 
as the head in the box. No, but okay, she is a good actress. I don't. I just yeah. I don't think she's that bad. I just think that everybody hates on her because she's really not very likable off of you know outside of her work. And I get that because that happens. You judge people, their art off of. It's hard to separate the art from the artist. It just is. It happens with me and a lot of musicians. It just, it just, it is what it is. But um, yeah, like those that type of corporate speak. The 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 new age like corporate evolving where you just never want to say anything directly and it's like, just say you had a meeting, talked about his future, and you decided to move on. I don't need your thoughtful meetings and your nuanced speech. Well, don't tell me he's evolving. He's yeah, he's seventy two. He's fully evolved to whatever he's, yeah, he's going in, to he's be. He's in the final state for sure. He's <laughs> on the back nine, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the back nine. That's not an ageism thing. <laughs> like, come on. I'm probably not going to evolve much. Yeah, I don't feel like I've got a lot of evolving left in me. And I'm only 45. I'm almost half his right. age, and I'm, I'm pretty much who I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm like, that's probably not a good thing. Right. You should, you should every oh, day. This is a confession look, for sure. This is a confession. Everybody, every day you should be learning. Yeah. That's very true. Every day you should be learning, and I I strive to be that way. But if I'm being honest, I'm, we're talking about within a range here. Yeah, there's you know just I mean? so much you could grow. Right. <laughs> Fine tuning at this point. That's right. <laughs> He's going to drop three f bombs during a Jets game instead of ten. That's right. That'd be real. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, that, that's probably not where I've evolved at all. I just stare into the, the abyss at this point during Jets games. Except for when they send Bill Belichick probably out on a rail. Who would have thought Pete Carroll would be done first between him and Bill? Because they're both getting up there in age. But who yeah. would have thought we'd hear, you know, Pete Carroll's done. And it's not a retirement either. Like, I thought he'd be retiring potentially this year. I mean, it's we'll see what the role is they come up with. It's probably the Bruce Arians <laughs> thing. Where it's like senior assistant to whatever, whatever Bruce is. call him like director is. of football, but he's not the yeah. coach. Bruce Arians... One of many dudes fired because Tom Brady just kind of doesn't like him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bruce Arians uh, uh, promoted a director of Kangol. So here's here's Nobody like that. No. Here's the question the thrown. Oh, on that one. Here's here's the question thrown <laughs> to to the two of us here, Dave. Hey, Mark and Biscuit. If Josh was able to pull Scott Drew out of his head, how long do you give him to turn this dumpster fire around? In the first three seasons, he had 21 wins. I think he would be the coach. I would want to come in. He has experience in exorcisms, which is very funny. The one uh, question I would have for Josh is, does he get four years to turn it around because he didn't have a winning season until the fifth season? I, I think looking at the gradual, the extremely gradual way things turned around to Baylor for Scott Drew is not applicable in the least. And that even he would tell... We're talking about a place that was... They basically got the death penalty without calling it that. They had a coach covering up murders between teammates. They had a player murder guys. another teammate, yeah. and they they and he right he tried to get them to cover yeah. that up, and they were crushed with sanctions. Uh, in Waco, twenty five years ago, yeah, or twenty years ago, yeah, it, right, and, and it's not no nil, no transfer portal, you know, none of that stuff. And he was a young coach yeah. who they were kind of giving him a flyer, taking a flyer on him. And, and there simply were no expect. He's at a place that didn't expect anything anyway. All, n- almost none of that applies. Yeah. 
But the thing that I really like about him is he has evolved, haha, as a coach. Early on, did a good job as a recruiter, but they were a pretty rigid 2-3 zone team. Yeah. And they have evolved. He has evolved uh, and gotten better. And I, that national championship team is one of the best teams I've ever seen. So we're joking about us being too old to evolve, but the best coaches always evolve. Sure. Always. Always. With the game. They have to. Um, and for all the reasons you just mentioned, like obviously he's not going to have carte blanche for four or five years, but we are hiring somebody with a record that you can point to, like if you if you were to, to pull him, that you can point to, but... The situation, the roster building, the ability to go out and get all different kinds of recruits to this place would be completely different than the situation he took yeah. over in Waco. I mean, Baylor is just completely different, not only culturally, but also uh, support and resources-wise, but also like more important than any of that is the transfer portal. It's just more important than anything else you can point to. Uh, you don't... There you don't are have a thousand different ways. Work. That's right. There's a thousand different ways to build this teams now yeah. you don't have to do it traditionally in fact teams that are exclusively doing it that way are pretty much dead and i i think the question is is it's a fine question i think he would make louisville better immediately yeah but i i like the but question no, like 21 asks, years long, and four years you know 21 wins and four years that's not going to happen right the, qu- the, qu- the question is how long would it take him to to turn this thing around it really i think the answer to the question depends on what do you mean by that how long would it take him to get Louisville to where it's year in, year out what we want Louisville to be? I would say probably three seasons. Yeah. How long would it take him to get Louisville moving in a different direction with all of these important milestones that go with in-between steps? One year. Louisville would be better immediately, you and they would be better incrementally all the time. We should be on the bubble year one for the tournament, if not already in the field completely by the time the tournament comes around. And he'll got true. The thing is, like the next coach, we're not going to adjust expectations. You know, like this is. You will get a lot of credit for for taking a team from from five wins to like seventeen or eighteen wins, but that's a one year thing. You know, like you you would expect if you hire one of those guys that, but the the eye test has always been a part of it. It's always been a part of it. But that, that it's people. I don't think understand how bad this team has been the last year and a half, or they're in denial. You know, like it's this isn't just losing, like Eric said in his article. It's not just losing. It's taking losing to the next level. You know, and, and it's really, really hard to watch this basketball and think that anything else is ever going to happen with this staff. You know, and I think that if you hire any one of the number of proven coaches that we've talked about, you will see immediate improvement. I'm not saying like they're a Final Four team on day one or anything like that, but you will be able to see massive improvement in the first month of the first year. And, that, and that's one of the, I think, really infuriating parts of um, the the most rabid dyed-in-the-wool Kenny defenders is the way they have talked about his the amount of time he's had as if the expectation is that he was supposed to have this thing to fully repaired and 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 top shelf final state right away nobody and, thought and that. no one no one still well no one definitely thinks it now but no one thinks it no one thought he would have Louisville fully fixed overnight or in one year we just thought it would be 
moving. It's not even moving at all. And with with Scott Drew, with I think thirty coaches, it would move immediately. I mean, you name it, any of the guys that you're thinking of that are remotely re, uh, realistic, or even some that you're not that are remotely realistic, all of them would make things better right away. You, he, here's what I'm I'm sure about: even guys that aren't the right guy are going to make things better. The, right, the, <laughs> the, the guys that aren't. The long term. I mean, Scott Satterfield made that you didn't. None of us like him. He made things dramatically better right away. Right away. And then the problem was it didn't move from there. Yeah, he wasn't a long term fit. But nobody can argue that he didn't do some good. You know. And well, you can see like, okay, I've changed the coach. Let's see how things change. And they don't. And so, like, that's the problem. Like, the people who try to conflate this into to us ever saying that like things ought to be fixed by now. How about you just fix one thing? You know, it's it's uh, Shit's Creek. It's you know, the, like you just fold it in. Well, how do you do that? Just, do I have to teach you everything? Yeah. He's like, well, how about you just teach me one thing? How do I fold this in? Like it's like, all right, you don't have to fix everything right now, but let's start. Let's do this room. Yeah, that's always the. <laughs> that's exactly that's the name of the show, by the way. Yeah, it's he's allowed to say that, sorta, kinda. I am. There's it was a not dumb, so if we get fined FCC, you know, go ahead. Put it on Aaron Rodgers. But that's yeah. the thing. Like, that was always so frustrating last year when it was like, well, you're putting unrealistic expectations. Everybody thought he was going to be a Final Four team. Like, that's not true. Nobody ever thought that. Was 500 unrealistic well, last year? It was, I mean, I think that was a realistic expectation. It was possible. It was possible, yeah. But I feel like as long as the there was a certain way you could look and win, like, I think most people were expecting 12, 13 games. I was saying, I thought, They'd be around 500, you know, and the most aggressive of predictions were tournament. And then I think, I think the most optimistic people thought it was going to be something close to what Chris Mack did in year one. Yeah. With like a, a, a possible ceiling of a sweet 16 or something like that. Oh Lord. I, I don't, I, I heard that. If you got high and got the right matchups. I heard that. Yeah. But no, nobody expected that. There's a difference between best case scenario and what most people I talked to were like, man, we'll probably win like 10 or 12 games. And as long as it looks good, we're fine. Like as long as it, like, you can't look good. But you know, as long as it looks a certain way and there's making they're making progress by the end of the year, I would have been fine with that. Like it, it, not happy with 10 to 12 wins, but if it looked a certain way and there was progress being made, you know, and they looked like a different team in March, the beginning of March than they did in November, then yeah, there there's there is ways to make 12 and 18 12 and 20 look like progress from what yeah, we did the year before mattered yeah. in that case too. But like totally I, I was, agree. my goal was 500, you know, that's what I wanted was a 500 or better record and show me that, that there are bones there. That's all we want. Like the word I kept going back to last year was, I just want to see bones of a good program. You know, I just want to see, I want to see the principles emerging. You know, I want to yeah. see like I, I want things I can go back to and say, well, there's there's things to look forward to because of this, 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 and this, and I can see what kind of defense he tries to run, he's trying to run. I can see his 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 philosophy on offense, you know, and I can see buy-in. Like those are the things we talked about last year. I want to see buy-in. I didn't see any buy-in, and we haven't seen really. I don't think we've seen that much this year either. Uh, at the end of the day, like you say the right things, but and, and think about. To use the football analogy again, go back to 2019, where they lose to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame even covered yeah. in the opener. 
But you left that game like, okay. Thought tooth and nail for over a half, yeah. you know. Like, if like they, you knew they didn't have much. Yeah. Jawan Pass is going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> As a runner, no less. But, like, you know what? I, like, they came out. They, they go right down the field and get a touchdown on the opening drive. You know, they stopped them on short yardage down in distance a couple of times in that first half. And you're like, okay, I can already tell the difference in the first game, the first opponent, the first time, and they did not have enough to make this thing competitive at all uh, down, yeah. down the stretch. But you could see, you just wait. We get more of what I need in here that what I'm asking them to do and the style we're asking these guys to play, it's going to work. You just wait. And then they just didn't finish the job. But you could tell immediately. Ask yourself like that. Have you one time in a year and a half ever had the feeling that you had it after that game? The answer is no. No. I mean, that, that, that there should have been times last year where we said, you know, that he's got them right. He's just missing the players. There should have been plenty of times last year where we said that. And, like, yeah, he's missing most of the players he needs, but also there's these players should be playing a lot better. This team should be better than it is. And there's no excuse for four wins with what his roster was. And that that's putting aside, like I said at the end of last year, that's putting aside the roster discussion, which I think you can't really put aside. But if you want to give him as much grace as possible on the roster and say that there wasn't much, you know, flexibility, which I don't, agree with with 2500 players in the portal uh, but if you want to do that fine it still wasn't good enough and we still didn't see any buy-in and we still didn't see a philosophy and we still didn't see you know the bones of a good program and culture being formed and that's what you need to be able to see you need to be able to see that you know that outline of a ship you know you see the the hull being built and you see the structure being built and then you build upon that and you and all of a sudden you've got a you know Something you can it's, it's seaworthy, and we never got off the dock. <laughs> in, uh, text into the uh, the uh, the personal phone here. The problem with the most ardent give him time guys is that they were also the ones saying we were going to win twenty games before last season, and uh, the rest of us in the ten to fifteen win territory. Uh, while they were saying he was some sort of a savant or something, it's true. Look, there's no doubt that Kenny has been hurt by the people who thought they were helping him the most in terms of ratcheting up expectations and those folks will have to deal with the fallout from that the problem is those same people are also the ones that we were all convinced that he could recruit i'm not putting that on anybody specifically but extreme like every single player i didn't think every single player in the country would want to come here but some people were ardent on that too you know and it's like they're going to be everywhere and this and that but but like look to think they were going to be good recruiters everybody thought that including every media member from coast to coast, not in Louisville. I'm talking like national. Like I don't. Um, the most of people were just going. You know what? This feels like a good hire. I don't know what kind of a coach he is on the sideline, but I know once while he figures it out, he's going to have unreal talent. That's what they all said. And now we've got he's he's capitulated on that front. Not only is he not getting recruits, he's telling us he can't. Essentially, you don't have to read that far in between the lines. He's telling you. To adjust your expectations on the amount, the kind of kid he can get here. Well, and I think he's the, done it multiple times. Even the effort in that, and I, I, I keep thinking about yesterday. Jeff Walls, in the middle of the season, is going to a high school game mm-hmm. to to recruit in the middle of the season, and leaves the hand, the team in the hands of Stephanie Norman, and is on with us 
does anyone think Kenny does that sort of thing? I don't remember the guy in the lab. I don't, I don't remember the last time I heard him anywhere. Well, that was what? Who was it? The uh, Brendan Quinn. Brendan, thank athletic. you, thank you. Um, that article was really just affirmation of everything that we had, we thought. But when he said, "Look, we thought they'd be everywhere," like Louisville would be inevitable or inescapable, they would be at every event, and they don't hit the ground like that. That should be infuriating for people. That should be a deal breaker for folks. When it you're like, will you know, be. but it is. But I'm saying, like, for everybody. For the people that were out there saying that we were going to get every five-star recruit, like, dude, I think that, How about one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> fix, you expected to fix Trim everything. Fix one. Left. Right, we got the one. Well, Dennis Evans was a five-star. Yeah, recruit. that too. Right, he got. He got. He, got he did get a couple. Unfortunately, well, he's, yeah, he has a condition or something, and, and that's not Kenny's fault, you know. But it wasn't just that; it's the fact that I'm not even talking about the freshman class, which we both lauded for this year. I was happy with what they did. But it was a flawed class because he didn't lean harder into the transfer portal and get older. And he wasted a couple spots on guys that shouldn't have been on the team. What we're really talking about is the 2024 class where we have zero signees and one commitment who has not signed on the dotted line. I don't blame him. We are not in on hardly anybody. It's Carter Knox. And that's... No one with a straight face believes Thinks that's coming. Right. Yeah. It's just the whole thing is... Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you be out there pounding the pavement if you were really serious about keeping this job and doing well at it? Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll palate cleanse uh, by uh, addressing what I think is the new UK talking point about football. Oh. On the other side here. On the drive, and I thumb the bell.